Hello and welcome to Peach Pod, a Georgia politics podcast. This is going to be an athens Clark County politics podcast in this bonus segment. Um, in our other episode that we put out this week, we reviewed the elections that took place statewide and in the congressional races on uh, Tuesday, May 22nd. Um, so look in your feed for our discussion of those races in a different episode. This one is going to be totally devoted to the coverage that we did of the races for mayor in commission in athens Clark County. Um, and these were some really interesting races, just to kind of set the table from the top. Um, so there were races in for the mayor of Athens and for districts one, two, three, five, seven, and nine. Um, and this, the balance of these races is that the athens Clark County Commission and mayor seem to swing in a pretty progressive direction. Kelly Gertz won the mayor's race. Sharon Dickerson, uh, incumbent in District 1, lost to Patrick Davenport. Mariah Parker beat Taylor Pass in District 2. Melissa Link, the incumbent, uh, progressive incumbent, beat Tony Eubanks in District 3. Uh, Tim Denson, our friend who we talked to on the show, he beat incumbent Jared Bailey and uh, Danielle Benson in District 5. Russell Edwards, uh, another friend of ours who we also talked to on the show, he beat Carl Ashton Blount and Bill Overend in District 7. And Ovita Thornton beat uh, Tommy Valentine in District 9. Um, So that's just to kind of set the table on the outcomes of those races, because I'm sure we're going to bounce back and forth between all of these as we discuss uh, the new um, commission that is going to be taking a seat in Athens, uh, interestingly, next January. They have a long time to wait before they uh, can actually take office. Um, But let's start with the mayor's race, Luke. So Kelly Gertz uh, won pretty handily over Harry Sims and Richie Knight. Gertz got 60% of the vote. Harry Sims was uh, sort of strong-ish second with 30% of the vote, and and Richie Knight only got 9% of the vote in that race. What was your takeaway from a pretty uh, solid victory for Kelly Gertz in this mayor's race? Well, the first thing I would say is that Athens has a long-held, beloved tradition of its mayor's races being a cluster where a bunch of progressives run and pull out the knives and tommy guns and, for lack of a better phrase, beat the shit out of each other. And in, I mean, that even happened to our beloved friend Spencer Fry when he ran for mayor. Uh, but just like this, this cycle, that just didn't happen. And almost instantly all of the progressive community was like, Kelly Gertz is our guy. Like he is the progressive choice for mayor. And like, we're all on board with this and we all feel pretty good about it. And I pretty much never heard anything different from my progressive friends in Athens. And so I think for that reason, and then you also combine just how exciting the democratic statewide races were and how much, you know, a boost that that, that got. Cause like Athens, is a blue city overall, but it's like primary electorate, which is also its municipal electorate, is pretty purple and sometimes like red in certain districts. And so I, I think that's really the big reason that it turned out the way it did. Um, because, you know, you had Harry Sims running to basically be the heir apparent to Nancy Denson and really be, uh, you know, a very moderate 1990s Southern Democrat and people just aren't in the mood for that. And then you had Richie Knight, whose campaign repeatedly imploded, and most successful thing was probably getting on our show. 
So, you know, <laughs> he peaked like really when, early then because we talked yeah, to him a long very time early. ago. Uh, getting to spend an hour with me is the highlight of that campaign, uh, for him. <laughs> because I mean, just it's a highlight of my week every week, Luke. I know it's yeah, spending time with you is my highlight. Me, you know, with my mind, I, I've missed you, Kyle. Um, but it's just like, yeah, it's been, you know, it's just like every other week in the flat in flagpole, it was just like Richie Knight bag headline. Like that could, they could have, they could have just like left a spot open for bad Richie Knight headlines. And, and also I, and I think this, you know, to, to give a more substantive answer, even though I think the majority problem is the fact that he just constantly had bad headlines he failed to have an articulate message of like why he was running because it was very clear he was uh, had support in the gay community um but he was running on like a very kind of republican-y message and he could have like but there were like very progressive social elements in it and so it could have been like a you know like a teddy roosevelt type thing and he just like never like took that angle and so he was sort of in constant denial of the fact that he was a Republican. And I think on, on that front, that hurt him as well. Yeah, the the thing about this, uh, as compared to our other conversation about the statewide races, is that these are the general elections. So these are the candidates that are going to take office. Um, so we can look now to the, the mayoral tenure that Kelly Gertz is going to have. Um, do you think that he is going to be more aggressive about coming up with sort of a more comprehensive vision for the future of Athens and actually seeing that implemented in a way that I know has frustrated progressives in Athens about the uh, Nancy Denson, Nancy Denson's tenure as mayor. I surely hope so. (laughs) And based off of uh, our conversation here, but also just personal conversations I've had with uh, Kelly, I I really hope there's going to be a lot of energy. And the thing that is, I mean, it's just, it's so hard to comprehend, but like, the mayor basically decides if issues come up or not in Athens. You know, we have, uh, that's just how the commission is set up. And Nancy Denson just wasn't interested in pursuing a lot of topics. And having a new mayor will make a very big difference. But also, I think even if Kelly, for some reason, didn't want to do that, and we're going to get into this in a minute, the commission that just got elected as well is so progressive and so filled with people with people who have ideas and want to get stuff done that I think he would have a lot of pressure if he didn't want to do things to do things. And the fact that he does want to do things and he has a commission that really wants to do things. I'm, I would be very shocked if we don't see some action uh, happening in Athens because and this is my criticism. It literally could have been like the title for every episode uh, where I interviewed a county commission or mayoral county. It was just like, why won't the studies on studies and commissions for commissions end? But the fact that we haven't done all of that work, I mean, it pretty much means that if, if they're smart about it, they can spend this ridiculously long time that they have between now and January of getting sworn in and actually becoming the new athens Clark County Commission. They have all these studies already done that they could look at and decide, okay, like which one of these projects do we actually want to do and what are we going to do? And I, you know, like the first county commission meeting where they're all there could be super productive and just like start getting some stuff done in Athens. And I'm hoping that's what happens. And I'm hoping, you know, 
Kelly and the other commissioners that have been elected will use this time to prepare what they're going to do and get it done quickly. Well, yeah, because so Kelly currently is a commissioner and so he'll be serving on the commission for the rest of the year. Um, but, but Kelly will stay on as a commissioner. Melissa Link is an incumbent who won. So she will, you know, serve out her current term and then stay on for the next one. But in the rest of the races, there are not incumbents that are returning to those seats. So, you know, for this progressive cabal that's coming to the commission, they have until January to kind of work outside of the commission, work in the community that, you know, a lot of a lot of them, you know, particularly Tim and Russell have already done um, to build up support in the community for these ideas, even more so than than they did in their campaigns. Um, and it does give them sort of a unique opportunity to hit the ground running. Um, so Luke, in, in sort of like concrete policy terms, what do you think that means? I mean, are we going to see a fair free bus system in Athens next year? Or are we going to see um, big changes around the ideas about how the city approaches development and approaches this relationship between their transient student population and the, and the longtime uh, residents of Athens um, what kind of concrete things do you think we're going to see get put into place next year? I I don't know for sure because there is there is always the problem of people. You know, it's it's sort of like a, I think the best example is the Wire, where you you know the uh, mayoral candidate character campaigns on raising teacher salaries and putting more money into schools and all this kind of stuff. And they gets in there and they have a huge budget deficit that they, they didn't know about. And so he's having to actually cut their, you know, their wages and stuff like that. And so I don't want to like go ahead and say like, Oh yeah, we're going to fear free buses, uh, you know, come January 30th. But I think what's going to happen. And I think either way, this will be a massive improvement and I will be a much happier citizen of Athens. We will have some answers on these issues, and we will have votes on these issues, and there will be proposals, and that even if we don't get to fair free, we will get a lot closer to it. And so I think on on these other issues, I think answers will be started to have, because that's been my biggest complaint of the the, Nancy Denson administration and just the commissioners of that ilk, is that like... There's these very clear issues where there's a very clear desire by a majority of the populace to do something about them. And the commission's just like, eh, we don't feel like it. Like, we're not going to work on this. And then if they get pressured, then they start to work on it. And then you have to keep pressuring them. And six months later, you get like a half measure. So I think what the big difference we're going to see in this commission is that there's go- they're going to be very entrepreneurial in pursuing answers to questions because everyone who got elected, um, well, not everyone, but like most of the people who got elected, like I am personal friends with, and I just like know that they have like a laundry list of things they would like to see done and that Kelly is at least supportive or interesting in most of those things. And since he is the mayor, he will be the one bringing them up. I think we will see that. So I, I, I suspect that there will be some transformative things happening in Athens. I think on the social policy front, there's a lot of opportunity there. Um, I don't know if we will like decriminalize marijuana or if the Athens non-discrimination ordinances will get stronger, but I won't be surprised to see if there's movement left on those issues. Um, I think there's a lot of potential on that stuff to get done and get done quickly. On the money side of things, I think it's going to be 
a lot more. There's going to be a little time than I think a lot of people would think or want on figuring that stuff out. Um, but I, I still think we'll we'll see some interesting movement on that. The other thing that stands out to me about Kelly Gross winning the mayor's race, and yeah, one of the the interesting stories about Georgia politics is how cities interact with the state and how, you know, conservative state governments across the country, but particularly in Georgia, have passed a lot of preemption laws that tie the hands of local governments to keep them from doing things. Um, Athens has not really been the thorn in the side of the state legislature in a way that you might think of a blue college town would be, maybe partially because Nancy Denson was a more conservative mayor. Um, Do you think that uh, relationship is going to change significantly. Is there, you know, can progressives in Georgia look to Athens as sort of a, a, a city that is leading on the progressive front and fighting it back against uh, Republican policies in you know any variety of areas? On that front, I will be I will be pretty surprised if if that's not the case. I don't think that necessarily means that it has to be an adversarial relationship. You know, we've seen a lot of progressive. Uh, initiatives pursued by Ted Terry, Mayor, Mayor Clarkston, and I don't feel like Ted Terry's constantly ra- railing against Governor Deal when he's doing these things. So, I mean, I, like, on that front, I won't be surprised if half of what you said is true and the other half isn't, is that Athens can kind of become a front, you know, a forerunner in pursuing more progressive policies and that other cities in Georgia will be able to look to them as an example, but I don't think that necessarily means that it will become adversarial with the gubernatorial administration. Uh, you know, hopefully we'll have a democratic one. <laughs> and so the, instead of an adversarial, yeah. then can have a, um, you know, cooperative relationship. But at this point, I, I still, I still expect there to be a lot of loud changing Athens because again, like the biggest thing here is not that Athens has like pursued a bunch of super conservative ideas and you know this is going to be a radical change from that like the change is that like nothing has happened and nothing is going on and now you have a lot of commissioners that want to do a lot of things and so that the difference is going to be between like status quo and action i'm sorry status quo and action the other sort of statewide issue that I find interesting, um, and then we should dive back into some of the local impacts of these elections more, is uh, Teresa Tomlinson is leaving as mayor of Columbus this year. I mean, she is kind of known as like the most prominent Democratic mayor, maybe in second would be Ted Terry. But with Teresa Tomlinson leaving and not necessarily running for anything anytime soon, or at least not in this cycle, um, is... Though she has made very loud noises about running against David Perdue. Yeah, and that would be in 2020, right? Is there an opportunity here for Kelly Gertz to become kind of a statewide star as the mayor of Athens? Or or do he, you know him and Ted Terry kind of become maybe two Democratic darlings of mayors in the state? I might be wrong about this, but I kind of feel like just like the whole commission will get that too. Because the, the thing... It really just depends on how Kelly approaches it because he's he is very progressive, but I think his commission is even more progressive. 
And so on that front, I feel like even like I feel like even though Kelly's supportive of almost everything everyone wants to do, I feel like if someone's stopping it, it's Kelly. Like I don't feel like Tim Densing is the one that's gonna say let's do something a little more moderate. You know, so like on that front, I feel I and and that's the thing I think. You know the two the two things that I hope we we weigh in Athens and that we're we're smart about is that. Uh, and I even and we talked a lot about this with Tim when he was on our show. Is that we're hoping that people don't think now the mission is done and we can all go home and stop, you know, agitating the government so much of Athens, because like it's it's not going to automatically happen. Like the progressive revolution isn't going to happen overnight uh, just because you elected a good commission, and there's still going to have to be. Uh, a lot of energy both inside the commission and outside the commission to get the progressive changes we want to see done in Athens. And, and I think, I think the opportunity is there for Kelly to take that mantle that other progressive mayors have. And I hope he does because I feel like Athens has a lot to offer Georgia and Georgia has a lot to offer Athens. And so I think it would, it would do the state good to have Athens be in a more prominent role and that's been, again, one of my biggest frustrations is that you have this great city that I love that I think really should be a city that people talk a lot more about when they talk about Georgia. And it just was not happening. And there was very clear problems that needed to be addressed and they just weren't being addressed. And so I, I think there's a lot of opportunity for the whole commission and not just Kelly. So I think one of the most interesting things that I saw in looking at this race was just how something I had internalized actually started to show out in an election, which was just how unpopular the Nancy Denson style of doing nothing and sort of being very middle of the road was in this electorate. Because if you look, there were there's a lot of change on the commission overall, which is sort of the main topic that we're talking about. And that's because you, as we mentioned earlier, both Kelly Gertz and Harry Sims were both commissioners. And so that's, you know, one incumbent guaranteed completely gone from the government and the other one potentially being the mayor. And Harry Sims was definitely allied with Nancy Densing, who, again, four years ago beat Tim Denson pretty handily. But, you know, Harry only managed to get 30 percent of the vote. And then you have Sharon Dickerson, who is very clearly a more conservative Republican member of the county commission, getting, I mean, pretty handedly defeated in losing 58 to 42 to Patrick Davenport. And so that was a clear rebuke of uh, the Nancy Denson-type government. In the next race that featured an incumbent, we have Melissa Link, who won pretty handedly against Tony Eubanks uh, getting 71% of the vote, uh, which was really interesting to me because I remember Melissa's original race, and that was a, you know, a very energized race, and people were excited about it, and but like people did not expect her to win. And then on top of that, after she won, people were pretty much just shocked that she did, and the expectation was that she would not be able to hold on because of her her views being far more out of line compared to the rest of the commission and that she wouldn't be able to, like, quote, get along with them. That's what I heard a lot. 
And so a lot of people were, like, deeply worried. And I remember even, like, after the 2017 special elections in Athens, like, people were still worried that she might lose. <laughs> and she won with 71% of the vote. Mm. And now most of the commission looks like her. So I think that's a very fascinating thing. And then the other thing is that Tim Denson, in a three-way race, managed to beat Jared Bailey, uh, who was an incumbent, and only managed to get 25% of the vote, and Tim got 52, and Daniel Benson, who was running a far more like Sharon Dickerson Republican-ish campaign, got 24% as well. And so I, I think it's pretty interesting when you look at the incumbents who, you know, traditionally when we talk about elections, you expect incumbents to have a pretty significant advantage they had almost none. Like there were there were candidates who were first time candidates running against them that did almost better than they did. And you had the like the, the main the main thing that seemed to be the most important in Athens was if you were the most progressive candidate or not. And the only truly close races that we had, which I mean really it's only uh, in District 2, which is usually not up in this cycle, but because of Harry Sims running for mayor was, and that one was 51-49, and that was two candidates who were both incredibly progressive, and there was very little distinction between the two of them, and the only and they are both African-American. And the separation in that race was literally 13 votes. The one thing that kind of stands out to me looking across these races is the commission is very young now, right? I mean, you have Mariah Parker. It's a lot younger, for sure. She's a PhD student, right? Tim Denson's young. He's got young kids. Russell Edwards is young, has young kids. And then somebody who lost but you know is also a young face in Athens politics is, is Tommy Valentine, who lost to Evita Thornton. But, you know, Nancy Denson is older... Um, you know, Harry Sims is older and he lost. Harry Sims is older compared to Kelly. And yeah, yeah, I mean, even Kelly's relatively young, right? So, um, you know, there is a lot of young energy in this race. And so to me, that that may be some kind of an explanation for the lack of incumbency really mattering is young candidates getting out there and, and doing the work. I know when we talked to Russell, Russell told us that he had knocked a lot of these doors himself and really built his platform out of one-on-one -on -one individual conversations with voters. Russell's district is kind of small and he only got 700 votes out of 1200. That's still a pretty solid victory, but we were saying before we jumped on that Russell might've talked to all 700 of those people by himself. And he saved one of their lives. Yeah. And he saved somebody's life. And the other thing you know, that was really interesting about Russell's race was you and I both know Russell, uh, when we were together last summer, we were sitting there talking about Medicare for all and, and big progressive issues nationally. And then you looked at his platform, um, for this race in Athens and, you know, it certainly, it was progressive. It certainly, certainly wasn't conservative, but it was about historic preservation and, uh, crosswalks and streetlights and, uh, creating a downtown environment that's more welcoming to families with children and a, and a broader cross section of the Athens community instead of just the, uh, party town for, for college kids, which is definitely what it was when I was there. And I, you know, I actually, I want to say something about this because I was super critical of this idea. Like I, and I told Russell and I, you know, even talked to Spencer about it and 
like I didn't understand it. I didn't get it at all. But like he ended up getting fifty six percent of the vote. And I think why it worked, because they obviously did. And I, I want to point out, too, because this is my district, so I got to vote for Russell very happily, voted for Russell. Uh, I, I was actually the first person to vote for Russell because I got to the, the polls very early. But that And we lie. should we like, should note there's there's a lot of bias here in these. We're, yeah, there's a lot of bias. We're not... Uh, like we're, we're, we're oozing with bias when it comes to Russell because yeah. he is a good friend of ours and we love him dearly. Well, and um, for a lot of these races, these are people that we know personally. So That's true, but like... Russell Especially is like literally Russell. one of the first people in Democratic politics that I met in Athens. Yeah. So like it runs deep for me because he's one of the people like I put responsibility on for me even getting involved. Um, but even that being said, I was very critical of his campaign. But I think it worked for two reasons that I think a lot of local candidates could learn from because I was very impressed with it is that one, it, it tied in very closely with the style of campaign he was running which was talking to every voter individually and trying to be like, this. these are about the local issues that matter to us. Because for people that don't know Russell personally, I imagine if you'd heard of him, it was probably from one of two things, which was that he was one of the people who was very, a very strong advocate for not allowing a Walmart in downtown Athens, which is very good that that did not happen. And then last year he... Um, was incredibly loud and successful in getting the fireworks show to come back for 4th of July. And, like, those are both, like, very intensely local issues. But Russell's also a former Georgia 10th congressional candidate. And so I feel like he did a really good job of avoiding nationalizing his county commission races, and saying as that sounds. Um, but, like, he kept it about stuff that he's very passionate about and really cares about and talk about honestly. I was just super impressed with his ability to pull that off. And I think it was important for him, too, because it would have been really easy for him to get typecast. And also, since you had, like, Tim Denson running and Tommy Valentine running and Melissa Link running and so many other candidates running on a more, like, national-ish issues and, like, national-ish concerns, and, like, wanting to, like, get Athens on the progressive train, that having Russell's campaign be about just, like, your normal, everyday issues, I think was very effective, because out of these uh, candidates and campaigns, Russell got one of the highest margins. I mean, he got 56% of the vote in a three-way race, and, I mean, I was was very impressed, because I... From how hard Russell told me he was working, I suspected that he was going to avoid a runoff, um, despite uh, seeing a ton of Facebook ads and yard signs, which obviously are not nearly as effective as uh, one-on-one conversations from his opponents. Um, I expected that he would avoid a runoff, but I didn't know if he'd be able to pull off a, uh, a victory as big as he did. So I'm sorry I've doubted you, Russell. <laughs> I should have had more faith. What do you think of Tim's race? I... I know tim and um am impressed by his ability to turn progressive ideals into policy victories but i i did not know much about um his opponents or or how this race was going um how do you think that this thing really shook out for tim i I think what i think what happened here was that jared bailey is a progressive and you know getting into this race was not an easy decision for tim and there was you know definite a lot of hard long conversations about if he should or not but just jared bailey was not pushing on these issues in the way that people want now because people want 
very loud, proud, progressive candidates and elected officials that they know will deliver on the issues that people care about. And so I think in this race, with the choices that the Athens electorate had, it was pretty clear that Tim was going to be uh, the person to do that. And, you know, we I, I don't know the inside baseball of his campaign as much as I knew Russell's. Um, but I, you know, knowing from his mayor's race, I'm sure he was knocking on a lot of doors and that his supporters were knocking on a lot of doors and that he was, you know, really getting out there. And so I, I think that probably helped him significantly. And, um, you know, and it's interesting too, because that district is, is decently conservative. Like there is enough to, that I was concerned um, about it, but, you know, it, Bailey had won it pretty easily a couple times, and so on that front, it still leaned blue. But yeah, I mean, it, it's really it's really interesting how much it's changed since 2014, because this commission has just been completely remodeled, because the conventional wisdom in Athens is that the districts were drawn in a way that if you were too progressive, that it, they were drawn in a way that Republicans could beat you if you ran too far to the left. And it just did not seem to matter this time. And I think that, I can't remember the numbers, but Athens' turnout increased dramatically from 2014 and 2010, uh, which was the last time we had major contested Democratic races on the statewide level. And it, it just, I think it that mattered why i think democrats were just fired up and showed up and so these progressives were able to win um the for the one candidate for whom the uh, peach pod bump did not work out that was tommy valentine uh, everybody else we talked to was winners um except jared bailey sorry jared bailey um we also talked to your opponent tim um but yeah tim tommy valentine when you talk to him and, and I listened to that episode, I, I was struck by a really full throated progressive message that, that Tommy laid out in that interview you had with him. I, I don't know much about Avita Thornton either. Um, I'm sure you do know more than me because you're local, but, but how do you think that, uh, you know, this race came to an end with Ovita beating Tommy? So I will say that, um, going into this race, I, I kind of expected Odiga to win. And that only... She's on the school board, Correct. Right? She is a longtime school board member. Her school board district does not perfectly align with the district, but very closely does. Um, but there's a couple factors that I think allowed her to win. And now that I've had a little bit of time to reflect on it, it makes me think the margin also makes sense. So what we were talking about in our statewide election episode, which I hope you've listened to that because it'll make uh, understanding this a lot easier, is that all across the state, women candidates did really well. And women candidates who were African-American did really well as well. And Oviga had a really good argument for why she should be a county commissioner. I mean, she had been a school board member for a very long time, done a great job there, no problems there. She knew her community. She knew the people there uh, really well and was a responsive, good school board member and had decided to run for county commission and um, was a very localized presence. Uh, and I think that there was no solid argument against Aviga that Tommy attempted to make. 
And so I think that's a big reason and possibly the biggest reason. Uh, the other part of it is, is that, and this is something that we sort of joked about, but in, in talking about Russell's campaign, Tommy kind of did the exact opposite of what Russell did. So what we were saying Russell did is that Russell is someone that has very strong progressive views on a whole litany of issues, but that's not what he made his campaign about. He made it about these localized issues that he cares deeply about as well. Whereas Tommy definitely was embracing the national issues and running a campaign that frankly, at times we kind of laughed at for looking like a congressional race, that it felt like a congressional race and that he had big banners and that he had a huge team around him. And he, uh, you know, was using a lot of science and data whenever he was talking. And it seemed like, that the difference between the two of them, the choice that you were making as a voter was Aviga is someone who knows the community because she's lived there for a long time and she knows everybody and she's been representing it for a really long time. And that if you voted for Tommy, you were voting for someone who had a MPA and could look at everything scientifically and try to improve the community from that perspective. And I think at the end of the day, people weren't as interested in that and they wanted someone that knew the community and had been there for a long time rather than someone who was um yeah on the other side and i think and i think part of the reason that is is that the valentine campaign made the decision to as we very like was the heart of our discussion at the, for the first half like tommy was almost a non-factor in the campaign like no one if you looked at their materials, it was very hard to figure out which person on the flyer was actually Tommy Valentine. If you did not know, they him. finally got that bio page, right? They, they did. But like, it was a very aggressively non-personal campaign. It was like, he was just irrelevant to it. He was a vessel for the ideas that he was trying to pursue. And I, I just, I don't like that kind of campaign. I don't think it works. Yeah, the this is a totally different situation, and and I'm obviously not comparing Tommy to Roy Moore, but um, I think he'll hate this comparison even just for making it. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I don't, I'm very curious where this is going to go. <laughs> it um, seems awful, though. <laughs> so Ezra Klein talked to Joe Trippy about the uh, Senate race in Alabama, and one of the things that stuck out to me was when um, they were cutting some of the final ads. In that race, Doug Jones made this ad where he looked directly to the camera and made his pitch for why voters should vote for him and, and why he would be a good representative of the state and, and turning politics in the right direction. And the line they used um, was, when was the last time Roy Moore ever looked you in the eye and told you what he feels or what he believes? Um, and the reason they did that is because Roy Moore's ads were all images of undocumented immigrants crossing the border. Um, you know, like some of the, um, almost like fire and brimstone type messaging stuff and none of it featured Roy Moore. And he had a really toxic brand, um, in the state in that election. And so then Doug Jones capitalized on here I am, I am in Alabama and I'm, you know, somebody you can trust. And when was the last time that Roy Moore looked you in the eye? Um, obviously, I'll reiterate again, there is no comparison of Tommy Valentine to Roy, to Roy Moore, clearly. But that personal touch uh, really stood out 
in that race in the Alabama Senate. And then, and that's a statewide race. It's a small rural state, but it's a statewide race. This is a small town where, you know, a lot of people, you know, where everybody does kind of know everybody still it's, you know, with the exception of the giant student population, you know, the rest of Athens is very small. Um, And so it does, you know, intuitively make sense to me why that might've hurt Tommy in the end. um, If he, you know, couldn't bring his personality and, and, and get people to really like him just for who he is. Um, even though I, I did think his vision on the issues was very strong. Yeah. Uh, and that, that's exactly what I think as well. And it's, it's difficult because most of these other campaigns, they had a narrative of like, why, you know, Russell Edwards or Tim Denson should be your county commissioner. I don't feel like Tommy Valentine did. Um, so it's, um, it was an interesting election though. I, cause I, you know, I, just to kind of wrap all, all this up, I did not expect it to be this clean and easy of a sweep. Like I expected there to be some runoffs. I expected there to be some tough fights. I think if you asked me, you know, before the election, what I thought the commission would look like in January, I think I would have gotten pretty close to picking the right people that would be on it. But I didn't expect it to be such a clean, easy blowout for all the progressives, and it was. And I think it's because of the environment, but also because of the hard work they all put in. And so um, I'm, I'm really excited to, to see what is going to happen uh, in Athens, and I think and I hope that we will have a lot of very interesting things to be covering from the commission here because, uh, frankly, I, I've always wanted to talk more about Athens on, on this show, but we've very rarely had anything to talk about. So I'm very hopeful that that's going to change uh, come January and we'll have a very uh, forward-thinking and interesting commission that's going to be pursuing a lot of tough topics and uh, finally gigging rig or better yet, putting to use all the studies that we have produced and paid our valuable tax dollars towards. Well, yeah, Athens is going to swing left. We're going to see if the state of Georgia is going to follow their lead and swing left also. Um, But for now, we're going to let y'all get out of here. Um, So y'all have a great weekend, and we will talk to you next week. Bye, guys. That's our show for the week. If you like what you heard, share the show with a friend and go over to iTunes and give us a rating or a review. It really helps other people find our show. We'll be back with another episode of Peach Pod next week. Until then, take care, y'all.